Hello everyone, welcome to Book Your Next Speaker, a podcast all about professional speakers from across the globe sharing their greatest learnings in their journeys of impacting thousands of lives through the power of their narrative. I am your host, Anshul Junjunwala. I am a speaker, author, and consultant on wealthy minimalism, and my passion is to explore the power of narratives and make it go global. So in this show, each week, we discover the incredible stories of individuals who believed in the power of their voice and share their wisdom and expertise with the world. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get started. Hello and welcome. This is the Book Your Next Speaker, a podcast show by me, Anshul Jinjanwala, co-founder, Wine Speakers Bureau. And every week we bring to you amazing global speakers. We dive deep into their journeys and discover the person behind those one sheets and sizzle reels. And today I have with me an amazing guest who loves to call herself a teenager, that is a senior teenager, who dives deep into the conversations of generational empathy. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Nija Singh. Welcome Nija. Thank you, Anshul. I'm glad to be thrilled to be here with you and be able to talk about generational empathy, my favorite, favorite, my subject. So how did you come about this topic, Neja, and why teenager? Well, I'll answer the second question first. Teenager is a senior teenager, and I call myself that because I consider myself a millennial in spirit with the benefit of hindsight. And uh, today, because of the internet having made the world flat there is an extra generation which is the digital generation so in effect it doesn't matter what geography you come from what your age is when you're there online you could be multiple people at the same time so this generational definition has changed and i thought i could be a senior teenager that is one and about why i speak about this and when it started this started uh, until in 2013 there are two incidents I would like to share with uh, everybody. There was um, an air crash in Barmer district of Rajasthan, a MiG-21 crash. It is there in the newspapers. If you go online, the incident is mentioned there. 25-year-old fighter pilot crashed, lost his life, lost the aircraft. And the reason, there's a court of inquiry, and they found that he used to be up at night online on social media. and. Um, the cause was uh, dubbed as uh, social media addiction. Now, it was shattering because it was the first time that one heard of this reason for a devastating loss like that. Now, in my husband's generation, one would have never have imagined that this could lead to something like this. And the second incident that happened was with my elder daughter. Uh, she's a mental health practitioner. She has owned her challenges. She's very open about it which is why I feel comfortable talking about this. She went into clinical depression at the age of 23. She studied at one of the country's best law schools, was president student council in a school. Depression came as such a major, major shock. It was like a left hook to us, completely unexpected. And when I tried to look back and analyze what had really caught us by such shock and surprise, yes, it was the gap. We didn't know the environment of these young people. We didn't know what their compulsions were. 
We didn't know what their motivations, what their challenges were. And we could have helped if had been known. And that is how it started. Uh, I started thinking about the generation gap, about reading. Uh, I started reading on it. I started watching movies. And uh, I decided to now start talking about this so that we can avoid such precious young lives spiraling out of control, literally. That's how it started, Anj. Thank you for sharing these two incidents, Nidra. And I, I can totally now understand where you're coming from. We're facing this challenge, even in the corporates. And it's so prevalent now, uh, people working from home and people not understanding why there's so negativity around and how people are able to deal with it. So I think because there are five generations working together in one space right now, I think the younger generation is not able to understand the challenges of the older generation and vice versa. The older generation is confused that, oh my God, why is this work not happening? Or everything is great in the life, then why the person is not productive? Probably they're not compassionate towards each other's situations. So I think, Nidja, what you're addressing here is so important to fill the gap in, in communication within teams. And tell me, Nidja, that who is this for? Your keynotes, your trainings, your books. Who is this for? Is it for one generation or is it for all generations to understand each other? Anshal, I primarily write for the older lot because I feel that the onus is on them. The younger lot is too busy trying to stay afloat because I do believe that the world they inhabit is harsher than it used to be for us. So because the older generations are financially better placed, emotionally in a more secure situation, and uh, I think uh, because of the seniority in age, in experience, I do believe that the first step has to come from them. So I initially talked to them. That would be managers uh, uh, who manage millennials, who bring them on board in companies. It could be caregivers of uh, young adults even parents, parents of young adults who are really, really struggling today. I've spoken at uh, colleges and in institutions. I've also spoken at mental health uh, spaces because all of this confusion, all of this heartburn ultimately leads to a lot of psychosomatic ailments. It manifests in a lot of stress. So these are the target groups that I talk to. But um, in uh, companies, especially in software companies, that is the biggest employer of the really young lot, you know, the really young professionals join those companies. That is where there's a huge, huge challenge because there are differences in how they perceive values like respect, like time, like punctuality, like, um, you know, your clothes. For the millennials, everything has to be an experience. There's this gold dust that everything has to be special. Every moment has to be special. Well, the earlier generations are brought up to really consider life as a bit of a struggle. And uh, they are more accepting, oh, what is a compromise? Not the younger lot. For the younger lot, they don't want to be safe. They want to live it up. So these are the differences that I address through my keynotes. That is amazing, Mija. And I think uh, this is a, a very, very important topic. But tell me, you know, at the cost of sounding cliched, that probably the mm -hmm. best time to adopt something like this was 10 years ago because we started seeing the shift, right? But the next best time is right now. Do you believe that too? 
Absolutely. I don't think Anshul, there's anything like an ideal time. Yes, there is some truth in what you're saying because in India, the changes that we've seen in the last 15 years, 20 years, took 70 years to uh, pan out in the West. And in India, it's only in the last 15 years that we've seen Tinder dating apps come out or the Article 377 or the All India Bakchod movement, the freedom of expression. Then you have Pinjira Tor and um, you have um, the gender fluidity happening, the LGBT movement, all the demonstrations at Jantar Matar, all these have come in only in the last, let's say, 15 to 20 years. So it's like a pressure cooker. And uh, gradually, the effect of all those rapid changes, I call them train wreck changes. So it's taken time. Now is when you're seeing the effect because this generation, my daughter's generation that was born in 1990, that is India's, let's say, uh, you know, an equivalent of the most libertine generation in the West that was the hippie movement, because this is the generation that has grown up in post-socialist India. They have seen consumption. Right. They have seen the cricketers look much smarter. The cricketers in my days used to be very dowdy. They used to be nice guys. They were never very <laughs> aggressive on the, uh, on the cricket pitch. They, they, they were nice. They didn't abuse. They didn't raise their voice. They didn't gesture at the other players. But uh, this is the generation. And therefore, whenever you see the effects, that is when you're going to address them like I'm doing now. I love that. Uh, so, Neelja, tell me that when a problem like this is happening in a company and then an expert like you goes and solves such challenges where mm. people from five different generations are probably working together and now they're just confused that where is this person coming from? Where is this attitude coming from? And then a person like you goes and bridges that gap. Where do you see the future of this company going after they've adopted and bridge this gap? All right. I think uh, the future is beautiful once the generations are able to empathize with each other. Unfortunately, Anshul, what I'm seeing right now is that the companies and the organizations are taking time to accept that this problem exists. So there's a bit of a denial there. Not many companies are progressive enough or forthcoming enough to see this, to acknowledge it, and then to have it addressed. But all the generations today can benefit hugely from each other's uh, uh, experiences and uh, expertise. So there is technology that the younger generation can teach the older generation. The older generation can have their experiences, what they have gone through. Those are the skills that they can share with the younger. So each generation needs each other. The older ones need the younger ones because that's, you know, they are their bridge to immortality. And for the younger ones, it is their nurture and their investment, the emotional investment, because it's only the older generation that has a vision for you. Your mother, your boss, your guru, your coach, they have a vision of what Anshal will be 10 years from now, nobody else, right? That is the invested emotional vision. And that's so, so important for your progress and for your growth. So there are huge pluses to the generations being able to converse with each other, Literally, you're actually nurturing each other because especially today in these times of, we're calling it a times of crisis, even more so today. Right, absolutely. And I think um, apart from the corporates, this is an important topic for universities and colleges these days because, you know, uh, I, I'm 27 right now and I'm watching my niece and I feel that I am three generations older than her. 
because really she's not in, not even a teenager and she's doing those things that we would do as an adult so so i think um, the generation gap is is now increasing rapidly and even for professors and teachers in these universities i think it's getting difficult day by day to understand where their students are coming from and hence getting more and more difficult to empathize with them and then really help them so yeah i think uh, what's your vision neerja when it comes to schools and colleges how do you think this movement that you have started of generational empathy to impact the education sector of our country i want to share an example here with you i was called to a college where uh, an incident had happened it was an incident of sexual assault of some degree now the students got so riled up they took to the social media they were there uh, asking for justice and the principal and the dean and the senior um, you know hods they were all huddled in the principal's office and uh, discussing trying to think uh, how do we deal with it the thing was already out there on the open this generation is not going to wait for you to institute an inquiry or to um, you know conduct some kind of a case study they are just going to take to social media they want to look for justice they have the access and they are going to use those tools there was so much of confusion and the difference in the pace of the two generations finally they asked me whether i could talk to a group of students and teachers we got together in one of the auditoria and there was a, an address that i uh, kind of uh, yeah directed at them and um, eventually it did calm down but these are the kind of crisis situations because of lack of communication because of um, uh, you know not enough awareness of what is possible with the other generation so these are the kind of things that happen in schools until today you heard about the boys locker room now a lot of um, because of internet uh, access these children are given smartphones which without an orientation let's say yeah. so they know the existence of the parents don't know that there's something called the dark web children know parents don't know that there is something called your other insta children have the other insta because uh, on one insta they're friends with their mothers and aunts and cousins and there's the other insta so a lot is going on because of snapchat young people indulging in some kind of a risky behavior which the parents very often are not aware of you're gaming fortnite pubg all these games sometimes in the middle of those game there'll be some very inappropriate uh, material that is thrust at the children so as uh, i'm associated with some organizations some associations and when they do those companies do their csr activities one of them recently called me to talk to parents there were about uh, i think 90 90 uh, people there on that forum and these are the kind of issues that we were discussing there's so much confusion around parenting that's a subject for another discussion but these are the generational difficulties that we face whether to be a child's friend whether to be authoritarian where to draw the line how much to permit be whether you are being permissive or enabling or empowering these are the confusions that we deal with today and this is what i try to address anshul i wouldn't say there are any ideal answers but definitely it is so so 
fundamentally important that it has to be addressed. You have to have these difficult conversations. No, absolutely. And I completely agree with you, Neerja, that at least an attempt is being made. At least a movement is being started, which is the first step. So thank you so much for doing that, Neerja. And my question to you now is, because I'm really, really curious, that how do you do this, Neerja? As a 27-year-old as well, I am curious that when I am dealing with, with the younger generation, what, what are the factors that you talk about? Give us a little sneak peek onto the things that you share with these older generations. Foremost is your attitude. Go into that communication with a completely open mind. Be ready for surprises. Do not react. I read somewhere, uh, there was a beautiful, beautiful analogy that the younger generation now, younger generation is a relative term, but the younger generation is like a car that is heated, a racing car, let's say. It's moving so fast. There's um, a lot going on. And uh, what that car needs is a parking slot where it can cool down. And the, uh, the, you know, the, but the role that the older generation has to play is to provide that safe parking slot. Let the car sit there cool down so that whatever repairs can be done and now we are ready to set out again. But because believe you me, Anshul, in the world that we inhabit today where the young are growing, there'll be several, several, several such occasions in their lifetime when they will need that parking slot, where they will get heated up, there will be breakdowns, there will be needs for repairs. That's how it is. Because of the exposure, because of the opportunities, because of technology, because of a certain mindset. So when you're trying to communicate with the younger generation, let me share one more thing. Today, a mighty generation, older generation is considered one in whose presence the younger generation can be at their worst, their worst self. If my child can come to me and say, I messed up, I made this mistake, I've suffered this loss, I'm ashamed of this, this thing is not letting me sleep. That's the kind of uh, space you have to hold today because that is what they need. And there are ways to do that. So then I talk about what are the factors that you should keep in mind? What can you do to make sure that safety net, you know, is maintained around your next generation, whether it's a child or a grandchild or a student or a subordinate, because there are, there are ways and ways out there. Attitude is very important. If you start, being influenced by what you want your child to be and not by what he or she is shaping up into. If you're not able to let go of the past, if you're not able to stay open to all the changes that are happening around you, that is the red flag for the older generation. Then there will be a breakdown. You will lose communication with your younger generation and that can really, really be disastrous. It's heartbreaking for everybody. Yes, absolutely. And now I can see that it's not just for corporates, but for educational institutes. It's for everyone who is a parent or a grandparent or is a leader of some sort dealing with people who are much younger to them or, or just four years younger to them now in today's times, because I can see that, you know, uh, generations are changing as fast as, you know, I can't relate to the four years younger person. And uh, let alone being able to relate with someone who is 8, 16, 20 years younger to me. So um, I think, Neerja, what you're doing is so, so important. 
to maintain the mental health, to maintain the balance within the corporate, to work as a team, to improve the overall productivity, to have that feeling of sense of security and safety, you know, when you are in that environment, when there are people of various generations. So thank you so much, Nirja, for starting this movement and really being the synergy that you are. Thank you. Now, I'm curious, I'm not going to leave you without having a little bit of fun with this teenager, right? So one yes. thing I want to know is a lesser known fact about you, Nirja. Anjal, honestly speaking, uh, I've learned from the younger generation to be just out there. So I'm out there. I'm quite out there. And uh, as a result, I don't think there's a lesser known fact because I write quite openly. I speak quite openly. Transparency is something that I've learned from the younger generation. So, yeah, I'm hard put to come up with. I um, One thing I love is uh, I think le learning new things gives me a high. And uh, so I'm constantly picking up new skills, whether it's dance, whether it's music, the piano or the salsa. So that is um, something that I never, never, ever tire of. So I'm constantly looking for the next thing to learn. Amazing. So I'm going to do a very millennial thing with you now, Nirja. I'm going to play a rapid fire round with you. Okay. And I'm going to ask you some rapid questions and rapid and fiery answers. Expected. Okay. So are you ready, Nirja? Yes, let's go. All right, so I think I'm very curious. So first thing, tell me the next skill that you are eyeing upon, that this is what I'm going to learn next. What I want to do next is actually publish my articles. Now, would you call it a skill? That's the kind of research I've not done yet, but I want to publish my articles, my pieces in the most premium of magazines, the most premium of publications out there. That's my uh, next plan, Anjal. Amazing. Tell me one thing that Nirja cannot live without. Bread omelet. Ah, all right. Amazing. So you can survive. I love bread omelet. Yes, that's my comfort. That's my comfort food. I love bread omelet. Yes. Right. Lucky you, Nirja, so you can survive anywhere in the world, right? Yes. <laughs> With this, that's amazing. Tell me your favorite holiday destination. Pachmari, Pachmari, without fail, Pachmari. Pachmari is a place in Madhya Pradesh. It used to be the summer capital of uh, Madhya Pradesh. It's uh, Satpura Ki Rani. It's called the Queen of the Satpuras. Uh, I spent a lot of time there. I can go back to that place over and over and over. That's my favorite destination, Pachmari. And the Pandavs, the Pandavs, Pandavs I believe, have gone to Pachmari. So this, it's called Pandav Caves, beautiful Pandav Caves next to which we used to live. That's my destination, favorite destination. Wow, amazing. Thanks for sharing that, Nida. That's interesting. I'm a big fan of Mahabharat, but didn't know about this place. I think I'm going to read more on this. All right, my next question to you is, what are the three things that you carry in your bag always? There's always a notepad. There's uh, always a pen. And uh, there's always lots of tissue. All right. I think now yes. uh, tissues and masks and everything is so important. So good, good, yes. good choice, yes. Nirja. All right. I'm going to ask you one last question, and that's rather related to your topic. What's the one thing that mm. you admire the most in the millennials, and what's the one thing that you admire the most in the seniors? What I admire the most in the millennials is their honesty. I think they are honest. And uh, oh, another thing, Anshul, this... Uh, I don't agree with that, but uh, this uh, desire and the, import, the desire for exercising their personal choice, the personal volition and 
how much they value that. So their attitude is, even if I make a mistake, it doesn't matter, the choice was mine. So owning that and that honesty, that is something I admire in them. And uh, the seniors, I think the seniors, what I admire about them is their resilience. They are really able to uh, stand by many of them and continue to be invested in the younger generation despite the surprises, despite the disappointment sometimes, Angela, and there are huge amounts of grief out there with the older generation because they see the children, the younger generation missing out on milestones. So there's a quarter life crisis happening at 25 and the older generation is expecting something else at age 25. So maybe they have uh, put away some you know, jewelry for the marriage and that's not happening because uh, the next generation is not very sure whether they are commitment phobic or no, all these things. So that resilience and the ability to continue to be there for the next generation, despite all the roadblocks and the surprises and the sometimes shocks. Wow, I love that. And I think we've stretched this conversation way beyond the time, but it is so interesting that I couldn't stop myself from asking you these questions. So thank you so much, Nirja, for being in this conversation with me, being so candid and addressing such an important issue. Thank you, Anjal. And uh, these uh, conversations are very important because, again, you know, for every difficult subject, you want to normalize it so that the shame around it, so that the guilt around it, so that the difficulties, the challenges around those subjects diminish somewhat and you're able to breathe a little easier and be better, you know, in, in, in better health all around. So thank you very much for this. Yes. Amazing. That is amazing. Thank you so much for that concluding uh, statement, Nidja. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Book Your Next Speaker with my esteemed guest. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share this with someone who you think would benefit from the ideas, insights shared on this episode. And also, if you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram. But don't forget to tag me. I am at Archel underscore The Wealthy Minimalist on Instagram and share the biggest takeaways from this episode. And don't forget to tag Wine.Studio and Wine.Speakers Bureau handles on Instagram. I would really appreciate if you could leave your review for the episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this episode. This will help us to reach out to new listeners for this show. Now make sure you have hit that subscribe button. But most importantly, thank you so much for tuning in into this show. And I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye till we meet again. Make sure that you are believing in the power of your narrative. Your narrative.